Hello and welcome to this San Diego political podcast from BullsS.com. This is our, if you want, a Tuesday political podcast. For this one, we went to Tijuana, met up with a Tijuana journalist and talked about news, gathering news and working as a journalist in Tijuana. Tijuana is sort of the elephant in the room as far as San Diego news is concerned. Tijuana and San Diego are definitely sort of culturally the same city divided by an international border. Tijuana is the often ignored city in San Diego news. Um, you know, and only those most sensational stories even make the back pages here in San Diego. And definitely, you know, those stories have to be even bigger to make American national news. Almost always they're about violence. Now, I don't think this is because of any kind of systemic racism. I think it's just boil. It's just a dollars and cents thing. It just boils down to ratings, particularly for TV companies. Now, ratings companies don't give San Diego media viewer numbers for their news product because it is a product in Tijuana. So there's no way for these news companies in San Diego to monetize their product in Tijuana. It's just the way it is. It's not, you know, and if they could monetize it, they would. They just would. It's just that simple. It's not like people are going to pass up dollars and cents. But if you haven't got the hard numbers in order to sell the ads, you can't you can't make any money there so that content doesn't get covered. Now, that doesn't mean that the news isn't worth covering. That's true. But let's be realistic here. These are companies and they exist to make money. Maybe some nonprofits can 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 pursue that. Um, on the scale that we would like to see this kind of news covered. However, what this has also done is kind of opened the door in a lot of ways for a lot of smaller news operations, like Vicente Calderon and Tijuana Press. Vicente and I have known each other for years. He was an anchor in Los Angeles and left that to start TijuanaPress.com. Now he and his team follow all of the news stories in Tijuana, and he is sort of the go-to guy for Tijuana News, and often field producers for American and international media will go to him first when they want to cover something in Tijuana or even along the border. I know he's worked for France 24, Al Jazeera America, CNN, Fox News. He's worked for a lot of people, uh, and he's, you know, definitely one of the most respected journalists, at least particularly in this region. He's covered all of the stereotypical Tijuana stories, prison riots, drug murders, cartel battles, but his team also covers all the things that don't get a lot of airplay or ink in American media, like political debates in Tijuana, because you know what, Tijuana City Council, they make decisions that's going to have, could potentially have an impact on San Diego's economy, because those dollars go back and forth across the border, it's not a one-way street as far as that economic relationship is concerned. You know, they've even covered the odd art opening, and that's just nice. Those are interesting news stories. So we sat down with him. We're on the second floor at this uh, uh, cafe in Tijuana. And I think it's a fascinating podcast, and I think that you're going to enjoy it very much. You know, so as always, if you want to jump on your soapbox, you can do that by jumping on ours. Jump on the BullishDust.com political podcast soapbox. Just call 619-663-4531. 619-663-4531. Please listen, share, and retweet this podcast with Vicente Calderon from TijuanaPress.com. 
Bonesdesk.com political podcast. Enjoy. Since we're the government, yeah. they will be hitting them hard. Yeah. <laughs> and and that will give them more leverage. Yeah, yeah. The problem is that that if we don't change this this uh, dynamics, I always tell them, well, you keep doing pushing that, the government will always be able to win because they will be more, they will have more money to spend on advertising yeah, than yeah. anybody else. Yeah, and that is very undemocratic and is very unfair because the people who doesn't hold doesn't have or does not have the connections or is not member of any group, political party, or um, wealthy family doesn't have the same access to the press. Yeah. I mean, there's great press. There's a lot of good reporters here. But the dynamics of the media here in Mexico, in, in Tijuana is not different, I guess, are not exactly um, led, um, motivated, um, guided by the principles of journalism but are more commercial yeah. and more the power yeah field. well people make that argument in the states as well yeah but, yeah, it's, but it's, it's a lot more blatant it, the here is that, I mean, it's there's there's a definite quid pro quo i mean i've heard stories people show up to to um do an interview and they're looking for their envelope mm -hmm. first right in the states and, and here oh here, here, here yeah in the states they're looking for free food <laughs> <laughs> Where's the buffet? That's what they're looking for at the states. I don't really. Know we thought that was just happening here. No, no, it's everywhere. Man. You want to get coverage? All you got to do is feed us in the states, and we'll be there. That's it. You know, if so you're sad. smart, you get free beer too, and you don't even have to bribe anyone. You just—they're all drunk. <laughs> they'll have three beers, and they'll just love you, right? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a problem. I, I see that we don't—we're not that different in that sense of the people who works on the media. The, the environment, and yeah. that's where it's more difficult here. The competition is, is less here. There's yeah. less players, so you cannot go to one. I mean, if they fire you in one newspaper, you still have a couple of those less than in the past in the U.S., but, yeah, but yeah. still have options. Here, it's every day, it's less and less. Yeah. And the problem, I think, is with social media and all this technology, many people, the, the public thinks that what they are reading on social media and Facebook and Twitter, it, it's, it's journalism, it's, in, it's news, and it's just information and propaganda. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, there's no distinction. So we are trying to see if we can start to teach or, or, or to put out the information so people will be able to make the difference between what is propaganda, what is motivated by PR, which is, mm -hmm. in that sense, here in Tijuana, we are getting so much closer to what you guys are been dealing with for a long time. In terms of PR people running, campaign, running campaigns and PR yeah. people um, promoting, working for different groups. I mean, from the company who is trying to uh, get the contract or got the contract to update the, the, the street lights mm -hmm. in Tijuana to the ones who deal with the garbage collection. See? Because yeah. they want the good press, but they don't want the, the, the real investigative work. They want just to have their own message. I mean, you're yeah. right. It's the same. It's, it's the like same. The, it's, it's the PR people are the same everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is that you have a little, a little bit more experience with that. You you are th more there's, more, there's more blowback 
here if you don't tow their line. What do you mean? I mean well, if you if you aren't going along with what the PR people want you to say, you're not towing the line, right? Mm -hmm. That's the the idiom. Um, in the states, sometimes there's a little blowback from that PR person, depending upon the situation, right? So, for example, if there's a candidate running, and you kind of go after that candidate during the election, and you're not at least polite to them in a certain way, that and they perceive you as being too aggressive or insulting, and then they win the election, you're really going to get you're really going to get iced out of that media thing right there. That happens in the states all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and then it turns into a very adversarial kind of relationship. Now, on the other hand, I don't think there's an elective official out there that wants an adversarial relationship with a member of the media because then it just, it, it, it's, it's one of those um, self-fulfilling prophecies in a way. Whereas if you've got someone who's coming after you and you're a dick to them, they're just going to come after you harder and you're just going to be more of a jerk. And then they're just going to, you know, and then, and then that, that, that will snowball in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. Mm -hmm. yeah. The journalist doesn't experience a blowback as far as access is concerned, but doesn't experience blowback as far as, um, uh, usually, as far as their profession is concerned within like the context of a newsroom, their offices. So do you think that that's what's different here? That a journalist here, if they're not towing the company line or the, the PR line, that they're going to have blowback from their editors and their managers in their newsroom as opposed to just having to manage and be more aggressive in getting the information. That's the dynamic I'm, I'm getting, right? Yeah, that, that's exactly, or more or less how it is. Uh, the thing is that, they, of course, they will try to, through the PR people to um, convince you or to change your mind, yeah, so to yeah, speak, yeah. No? which many ways, I mean, from being nice to you to invite you to something to, oh, yeah. or to offer There's you a money. basket of muffins exactly P people you know what chick-fil-a drops off a uh, whole like five six boxes of of like chicken sandwiches at least once every three months at the yeah. to both the more all the morning shows in san diego and all the evening shows they do that all the time you know and then i'm convinced that's why we didn't go after them hard more 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 aggressively locally because everyone kind of likes chick-fil-a sandwiches they didn't buy us and there was no editorial direction not to do that. It just became part of the collective unconscious. Oh, hey, Chick-fil-A. It's part of their ritual. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. so sad. And they do that. You know, Starbucks brings by stuff. McDonald's brings... They, they drop food off in the States. There's no... There shouldn't be any quid pro quo, although I think in a lot of circumstances there is. Um, for certain things, there's definitely more opportunity for that. And I don't think that people are being outed enough and those regulations are strict enough. Um, particularly with intercompany. There's no laws about that. If you want to be a member, take payola, I, I don't necessarily think it's illegal as long as you're honest about it with your viewers and readers. And I, I think there's a, a, pair, a part of transparency where you can yeah. make the distinction, and that's one of the problems. Here in Mexico, it's more blur, or, or it, it's yeah. so rampant across the different aspects of a, of a media yeah. company that you cannot make any distinction. I mean, there's a lot of reporters or, or, or anchor presence from radio or from television promoting staff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and you don't know, or doing interviews, paid interviews. Yeah, yeah. And there's no... Well, that happens in San Diego, too. You look at, there's a few morning shows in San Diego, 
few, uh, there's a couple, the last hour of their morning is entirely paid. And they don't really announce that to their viewers, that this guy paid to be on there and to have this conversation. But I, it's entirely paid. Yeah, well, then you're telling me that I have just it give it up and... I'm not saying give it up. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you're, 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 you're fighting, you're fighting a, a similar fight. First world and still doing the third world kind of. Well, I don't know, like the you know, one and that, second those, and third those, world. That, 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 that concept doesn't work. It, I mean, I don't even use that first, second, third world concept anymore, right? I mean, no, I mean, I mean, I mean I under, when they when they originally wrote that, I think I think Europe was a third world, right? Was considered to be third world because of the ec economy. Mo like Germany and France were considered to be third world. Doesn't it doesn't make any sense? It didn't make any sense now. And then and then they just kind of like went around. Oh, well, this is a country where a lot of tan people live. <laughs> Therefore, it's third That's world. That's a very That's nice and kind way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what the sad thing is that we even had, during the 70s, we even have an institute of studies of the third world um, in, in Mexico City. Uh, yeah. Federally funded uh, from this socialist leaning um, president from the PRI, yeah, Luis yeah. Echeverria. He, they, they, he inaugurated this the Center for Studies of the Third World. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because you have the socialist-leaning PRI president, right? I'm always talking to particularly Republicans in, in, in San Diego and getting them to say, yeah, we're just like the PRI. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they don't mean public radio international. They mean the, the revolutionary, revolutionary institutional parties, from yeah, the, yeah. which is the icon of, of corruption unfortunately mm -hmm. yeah well, it's it, funny to get them to say that because they don't because they think oh well this is the institutional party it's the conservative party in mexico but then you know there's socialist leaning people within that party it's a libertarian it's this it's a much more complicated mess and it's interesting to see how little they're aware of the political dynamic here Oh, the the PRI was the whole spectrum of the of the political reality in Mexico for many years. Mm -hmm. I mean, within the PRI, you will have people was to the right, to the extreme right, to the center, and to the left. I mean, the ones who would got more power were the ones um, more um, to the right, not extreme right, but the more to the right, and, yeah. and because that will gives them the, the fact that members of the PRI were also left-leaning will give a little bit of more balance, although it's clear that was never a socialist or a no. communist party It's just so on strange to see this drone keep <laughs> popping up here by our window. Well, they're becoming very popular here, and uh -huh. this will be this is a place where they are built now That's with amazing. one of the local companies. I, I, total, I did not know that. I've seen them during the campaigns, I've seen them some of the march, but so far they are privately owned. I think even the, the communications department from the city of Tijuana mm -hmm. was uh, able to make them buy one or probably yeah. were leasing them to the... They're pretty affordable. I yeah. mean, they're really not that for what mm -hmm. you get. I mean, by comparison, it's not that much money mm -hmm. for those things. And it's, they are definitely on the future of journalism. Yeah. So I, I, I've always found that to be an interesting aspect, how journalists in the States are totally kind of clueless about the dynamic, sort of the political dynamic in Mexico. Um, Many of the reporters here in Mexico are still totally clueless <laughs> about the dynamics yeah. of the Mexican well, yeah. politics. A lot of, a lot of most people just are <laughs> totally unaware. Oh, Mexico had a socialist revolution in, you know, what I mean, they don't, they don't grasp those things. That, yeah. that, they don't understand 
how and how that is influencing the states and how people particularly mexican-american immigrants take that kind of political identity and bring it with them to the states and then politicians are saying oh well we need to get that latino vote but yet they don't understand what their what that identity that political identity is that they brought with them that isn't like you said it isn't necessarily extremely left-leaning and it, and it could be extremely right-wing just you're just as likely to have that out of someone from the pri as you are you know here as you would be in in the united states and it's just interesting to me how people how they're so out of touch with that and i feel like a lot of that has to do with it's not it's not part of the news in the states you know it's not part of the the process it's Oh, there's a campaign going on. These are the guys that are running, and then the election. Oh, these are the, this is the guy that won. Mm-hmm. That's the extent of the the the, the coverage. Because they yeah. think that it's not relevant for them, and I think that which is totally ridiculous. It, it, exactly. Because it's like you're right fucking there. I mean. Yeah, and also the relationship between the U.S. and Mexico, we like it or not, it's growing, and they are becoming more and more part of the part of the same block. I mean, it's not uh, for. Um, coincidence that we have a NAFTA agreement and this yeah. is just getting stronger and stronger and will open the ways we are dealing with each other and I think in a globalized world I think it makes sense I mean they know there's a lot of people with valid concerns about the benefits for the people in both sides of the border but still see I don't um, even like calling them benefits right this is where my <laughs> left leaning comes in it's compensation right your retirement package your your, your medical plan, that's compensation. That's part of what you earn when you work for a company. It's not extra. When we call them benefits. <laughs> People yeah, start to think it's, right. like, it's like yeah. a bonus. It's not like a exactly. Christmas bonus yeah. at all. This is well, part of what, how you're being paid. Exactly. Vacation is pay. So that's why when you quit or, you or call get me. fired, you get your vacation pay. I know, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have red hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And with the whiskey in your, with your scotch in your hand. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, no, you're right, uh, but but that's something I really see. Maybe we at the border here in Tijuana, we have a different percep- perception and perspective of the of the U.S. and the Americans and the American government. I guess that people in Mexico City or in the interior of Mexico, and the same ignorance that you were talking about, the how they don't know what's going on in Mexico, it applies also for Mexicans who don't really know what's going on in the States mm-hmm. and that they that they perceive the U.S. as an imperialist country, which is it is in many ways, but it's not always bad. I mean, it's there's I, rem- I honestly believe that many people in different areas of the activity in Mexico, even, including some journalists, they think it's their duty to fucked up with the U.S. whenever there's a chance. Oh, wow. Because they think that they are, um, well, they take, they took part of their territory. Yeah, yeah. They were invaders of the... Yeah, of but the, that's another total misnomer as far as the Mexican-American war is concerned, right? Exactly. Because Mexico City didn't really give a shit until, who was it? Eisen, was it Eisenhower? Who was Mexican-American war? Theodore Roosevelt. Who was the, the general and ended up in Mexico City? I, rem- like, I can't remember the name of him. It was during the Mexican-American well, War. Polk guy was part of the... the Polk, I can't remember the general. It's not Eisenhower. It's, no, 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 it's, it's way before. It's way before, way before Eisenhower. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, they didn't give a shit until the, the American army was... The American military was on Mexico City's footsteps. Then all of a sudden it was like, oh, well, we better pay attention to this. Because yeah. that was always just the north. 
kind of exactly. thing, right? And that's a almost bacon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. And that's a problem that 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 Mexico has internally, that I think gets taken advantage of internationally, is that Mexico City doesn't see past the nose on its face. Mm-hmm. They're really yeah, only interested in themselves. Yeah, you know? I mean the thing is that it's it, a hyper centralization. Oh. They claim here when you go to school and the basic history lessons tells you that we, that we inherit that from the Spaniards and from the, uh, even from the Aztec that both of them were l- very centralized cultures. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, the Aztecs have a lot of the villages or other cultures under their, their uh, ring. Ring? Is that what it's uh, Rain. Excuse me, thank you. Yeah. Under their ring. Um, like uh, rain, but it's spelled different. Okay, and, yeah, and, and, yeah. <laughs> and that's a good distinction. Yeah. I think that was different. Now yeah, that's yeah. the same rain for everybody. But um, but yeah, that's why many of the some of the groups, Indian groups, sided with the Spaniards because they yeah. took the opportunity to have their revenge against the Aztecs, with their also an imperialistic civilization. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we and and it, I think that we need to see past that. Yeah. Uh, but there's still a lot of Mexicans. They're kind of telescoping history in a way and mm-hmm. and associating with something that happened. How long ago was that? You know, 150 years? How long? When was the Mexican-American War? 1840s. 1840s. So it's 100, over 150 years mm-hmm. ago now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the, the same frame of mind still applying in many cases for Mexicans. I, yeah. I will say the same about Americans, but uh, with different reasons and with different interests yeah but it, i mean we have i think will be better if we recognize that we have a better future working together and I, this sounds like politicians but but um it, that's definitely i mean geography put us together if you're going to politic you need to pay me <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah. Wanna, yeah yeah <laughs> The bribe is just modern and impresses yeah, here than yeah, in the yeah, yeah, yeah. states. <laughs> the muffins cost less than what they yeah. pay us here. Yeah. <laughs> mm. no, but, but how I, do I you? Get, but and the way you do that is by accessing sort of the collective mind, right? You have to get access to what people are thinking to kind of get them to see themselves as part of a bigger world, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of what the news's job is: is to help people's mind grow in a way to see themselves to see beyond themselves exactly exactly so how do you how do you do that right i mean when it's you can take this argument when you take sort of the news business and out of it when it's the viewers themselves that a lot of people say that's the viewers themselves that don't want to know this stuff if they have a choice between knowing what's going on in tijuana on a daily basis as just regular news and knowing what's and knowing what Snooky is doing or some other Real Housewife, some other bullshit like that, they'll choose that. Jenny Rivera or Espinosa oh, yeah. Paz or you're the expert. <laughs> in this, <laughs> yeah. In this side. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you're the one with the 16 year old daughter. That's why you know. <laughs> I don't know what my son's gonna be into. Exactly. If he's into those kinds of things, I will love him anyhow. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with those things. It's just that it's uh, the problem is that they are. Those are the ones driven the news. Yeah, and it's not news. Exactly. It's not news. And it's not even fair. It's it's not even real. It's constructed sort of narrative out of Mm -hmm. documentary footage. It's not even real. That's the other thing about it. Yeah, and the thing is that 
the problem is they become blur the line between to separate that yeah. which is entertainment with what we want to do or pretend to do it's it's very blurring and and and, and that's when it's, it's a problem because I don't have a problem with entertainment and you can choose your form yeah, of yeah, entertainment yeah. the way you like it and very simplistic and not sophisticated you think that that's the kind of so do you think that that then that news could cover both sides of the border in one broadcast just on a regular basis and be as successful as any other be as successful or as much as a success as any other news out I'm there. not sure that how viable is that but I, I can definitely sure I'm definitely sure that 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 we can do a better job than what we are doing because yeah. we are not paying attention I mean the news even with all the crap that they tell you, excuse me, yeah, yeah. Um, that the air doesn't stop at the border or the uh, the problems doesn't stop at the border, <laughs> the news stops at the border. Yeah. I mean, people yeah. from San Diego rarely comes across, and the people from Mexico on the Mexican side from Tijuana rarely goes there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have a couple of guys that are assigned. I was assigned with Channel 12 in the mid 80 late 80s to cover San Diego. I didn't know exactly what I was doing and, and yeah. they didn't know what they want me to cover. I mean, the only reason they have an assignment, a specific assignment was when some Mexican official was going to be in a meeting there or when something major happened that was news even with the border in between. Yeah, yeah. So we need to work in a better way to try to see the dynamics that puts together or separates this, but both and with more mm-hmm. better open mind and perspective of what is good for us. I mean, yeah. we did a story, we did an interview last week with a guy from the economic development from the city. And he was telling us how many companies were bringing here that were creating jobs in San Diego or oh, yeah. in the States. I mean, that's something that's changing. I mean, it's no longer the case that that uh, when you are moving a job from the states to Mexico, it's becoming a problem for the state. I mean, it, it could be. I mean, but depends. Yeah, but but but, but the, it's and not it's the no same. longer the case that companies are coming here for unskilled cheap labor, especially when you're making, for example, those drones, Medtronics, every heart valve that Medtronic makes in the world, every artificial heart valve is made in in a Maquila over in Otay. I'm not sure if the, everyone, but that's what it's, the people from Tijuana Novadora wants to sell. Well, and this that's is what Medtronic told me. I, I remember years ago, I did their commercial pictures down there for their brochures and stuff like that. I did, God, this would be in the 90s, mid-90s, back when they, after they first got it going. And they basically moved all their manufacturing to that, to that site. And it was nothing but skilled labor. There's well, no maybe unskilled all, labor. All of the ones done by Medtronics could be done here, yeah, probably, yeah, but yeah. not... Not, the, not the, the all guy. of those in the world. <laughs> it, all, well, that's uh, like maybe. some of the people... That I, I, I make the distinction because in, in an effort <laughs> to change that, that said frame of mind, they are, they are embarking in this PR campaign about the goods of Tijuana. Oh, okay. And, and they are exaggerated, and, and that's <laughs> not good either. And, and you said Mexicans were an Irish. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a lot of in common, and you guys... Fought with us in some of the battles that oh, we Oh yeah, had. there's yeah. the San Patricio yeah. Brigade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, no one knows about that. <laughs> yeah. well, I, yeah, I tell my, I tell my, my, my EP about that. His his family's all from from Belfast. He's a his both sides of his family. I think um, uh, uh, they don't. He hasn't heard of them at all. The, the it's funny that, how that that bit of history just vanished. 
Well, the only thing is that once we are getting drunk together and watching soccer, that's when we talk about that. Uh -huh, <laughs> the, yeah. the, the link between the Mexicans and the Irish. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, what I was going to 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 emphasize is that, that yes, we need good press for Tijuana because it will be healthy for both sides of the border to see a more clear, closer to reality picture instead of. Uh, uh, PR driven it's like, it's like or you, you prejudice driven. You either driven. get one thing, right? You get this prejudice driven picture, which is crime ridden, dirty, dangerous. Which we have. Which is true. Which is there, true. I mean, there is crime. There is, it is, it is dirtier here. They're, they don't street sweep in the same way as they do in San Diego, and all those infrastructure things are a definite issue here. We have most more potholes than you guys have. Even yeah. though you guys have a big problem, we have. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, deficit of police officers, not as, I mean, ours is way worse than the one you ha yeah. guys have. But, and we all complain about not enough payment for everybody, for the, the yeah. important roles. I mean, it's just more exaggerated in, in mm -hmm. Tijuana than it is in San Diego. And at the same time, or you get this look, there's these great things happening here. You know, there's these gems in, in, in Otay, really, is where all the maquilas end up going, mm -hmm. that maybe aren't nearly as. <laughs> gem-like as they would like you to believe, you know? So there, kind of finding that middle ground and being a lot more realistic exactly, about it. Because we need, to, we need to find those good examples to see what they are doing good and how are they benefiting people. Yeah. The, the, I, I always believe that Tijuana was a more democratic society than other in, in central Mexico or in the south of the country, in the Mexican side. Um, but the problem is we are not working enough to to sustain those or to promote those or to yes. make those more common and non-rarity, uh, um, uh, an exceptional case, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. So yeah, I mean, there's good, important, successful stories. Um, there's people who have been benefit of this um, evolution of the maquiladora. It's not just simple jobs, as well. although there's a lot of just simple jobs still there. And people, yeah, yeah. the workers of the maquiladora, some, a, a small percentage of them are really benefiting of the, of the benefits of their rights as workers. But many people on the productions line, production lines are still doing a lot of painful job for mm -hmm. very low wages mm -hmm, mm -hmm. still in some of those successful maquiladoras and that's what we need to, to work on and, and going back to your question that I never address <laughs> how can you try to explain that or put that yeah, frame of yeah. mind is if we are talking about here in Mexico we need to, to evolve the, the, the people who work on the media to try to set up this long term vision of what we are doing and that is very difficult because it's so difficult to become an experienced journalist here yeah. interested in those things because the, the it's not in the instance of the media companies here and, and the, neither the newspapers nor the television or the radio stations just as it is yeah, not yeah, this case yeah. in this case so that we are we at Tijuana President we are trying to do something about that we are not sure exactly what can we do but we are yeah. exploring uh, um, exploring some options for two reasons. Why? One is because we believe that's the role of the real press or, or, or the journalism. And the other is we, we, can, we need to find a, a different um, way of survival. 
here yeah. in, in the media and the yeah. journalism business, not in the media business, which is different, the journalism yeah. and, and the yeah, media yeah, yeah. business. And that will benefit San Diego. I really believe that if things get better in Tijuana, th things can be better also in San Diego and vice versa. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's a long shot. <laughs> it's, a, it's a long game. It's not a, it's not a short game kind of thing. No, it's not. I mean, Getting it's anybody to think long term I, I, is, I really, guess, is really yeah, difficult. I guess that's human nature. Right. But um, and we need to work to set up those the conditions that people will. will because at the same time, when kind of we can speak esoterically about these great, you know, these ideas we have exactly. about what journalism should be, but at the end of the day. People have to put foot on the food on the table and pay the rent. Exactly. And, and journalists have to do that same thing, just like everyone else does. And you can. People have a, a, a weird idea that journalism journalists don't need to feed their families. <laughs> they think this, exactly. they, or they think everyone makes a ton of money, and it's just simply not the case. And we always have this fight because we say we believe with all this media hoopla, uh, social media hoopla, and 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 this all all, all these options, people things that that the information or the news jump jumps on its own from some platform to the social media to yeah. facebook to twitter yeah. i mean and they don't realize how much you have to pay to get to the point where the stories are or or trying to pay the electric bill to be able to work and write it and and, and put it uploaded it to facebook or to yeah. Twitter or to whatever, or Instagram, or I don't know which one. Oh, Do, probably those <laughs> or to MySpace. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is all this prehistoric. <laughs> MySpace. <laughs> oh, man.